Liza. Yeah. Today's a special episode. What is it? It is our 50th episode. 50 episodes of Little Sleep, Much Reading. 50, 50, 50. 50. That's so crazy, isn't it? 50 times we've done our thing. I don't know where I was going with that. I was going to say like 50 times for like the intro and the song and the Don Quixote quote. That's crazy. It's wild. That's so cool of us. So cool of us. And then it's like 100 hours or more of recording. And like over 100 or probably right right under 100 books because we don't read two every Mm -hmm. time. But sometimes we do read two. So. What? That's insane. That's so crazy. And we've only really been doing it for a year. Right. So we did 50 episodes in a year, which makes sense because there's 52 weeks in a year. And well, we took guys, some breaks, yeah. We only get two weeks off. What the hell? It's a full-time job. This is a full-time job. It takes takes up all my life. It really does in the best way. Um, It doesn't, though. We love to do it. We love it. It doesn't feel like a job at all. It feels like it's the funnest time of my life. We read the books. Yeah. That we that we want to read. Yeah. Then then we come as together as besties and we say present book. But hear book. I also will say this podcast, 50 episodes of this podcast has had me read more books in one year than maybe ever before. Like we always had to read a lot of books in school, but like, I don't think I've ever read this many books in one year. Right. And this podcast has me trying a lot of books that, like, I don't finish every book that we read. I just no. don't. And, and I think that that's okay because at least I'm like trying things that I otherwise not only trying, but trying to make myself work through books that I otherwise would have just been like, nope. Right. Yeah, that's so true. That's really a good way to look at it. I love that. I'm so love it. And I just love our time together with everybody. We just having the best time and we have so many we'd had so many good guests so far. And we're gonna have so many more. 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 Here's to 50 more episodes of the Little Sleep Much Reading podcast. Oh, yeah. By the way, Mm -hmm. I'm Liza. I'm Riz. And this is the Little Sleep Much Reading podcast. Finally, from so little sleeping and so much reading. His brain dried up and he went completely out of his mind. What, what was our theme for this week? 
Our theme was slasher. Slasher. Perhaps one of our favorite horror genres. Which one thing I wanted to ask you, Liza, is do you think that your book was actually a slasher book? Yes, mine definitely was. And I'll talk about that a little bit when I get to my review because I actually think I like slasher movies and I think slasher movies are also more common than slasher books. Yes. So it was actually kind of interesting t- to see a slasher translated into fiction, like writing. Yes. I was thinking of like reading my book. I was thinking a lot about that slashers and the difference between a slasher book and like a serial killer book and a slasher book and a like true not true crime uh uh crime mm-hmm. fiction book right because what do we how do we define slasher it's it's hard to think of it in fiction because something that i find that slashers do is um like you're kind of following one character but you're getting the point of view of many different characters because like if you think of Halloween, Laurie wasn't there for every single kill. Right. And Um, I... Oh, sorry, what were you going to say? No, go ahead. I was going to say, I think there's also something kind of senseless to Slasher that separates it from um, some other content books or movies that still have the same amount of gore but like think about it like halloween friday the 13th scream they all do all the killers do have their reasons for doing what they're doing but there's like a senselessness to it that separates it from it being like a crime novel right and I mean, there is also something in slashers about um, masking. Yeah. You and, really and have almost to be being masked. Like yeah. yeah. I also will say, I think slasher may be a strictly teenage um, thing. Because... If you're reading your book and you're like, oh, I don't think this is slasher, maybe take a look at who is being killed. Because, like, mine is teenagers. And I think that's why it felt so much like a slasher. Home invasion movies, for example. You could take, um, like, The Strangers with Liv Tyler, right? That's adults in that movie. And the killers are masked. But would you call that a slasher in the same way you would call Friday the 13th a slasher? Mm-mm. No. So does the teenager aspect of it play actually a part? You know, this is one of the things I regret not watching the more recent Halloween movies because I know that Lori is an old lady. Right. And so I wonder if the other people being killed are teens. And I also wonder if the new ones are less horror and more action. Right. Um, And there's also something with slashers where there's like a not human aspect to it. 
no. Like, they're, like, Michael Myers is, like, not human. <laughs> right. Um, Jason, he's, like, dead and then alive again or something. Something not human about him. Freddy Krueger, friggin' not human. Right. So I'm like, there's something about, which, again, that's probably just humans being like, humans can't do all this. We gotta distance ourselves from that. Um, and then you see, like, actual serial killers and things like that, and you're like, oh, like okay silence of the lambs slasher no and that's also adults but then scream is very much teen like very real people like there's nothing supernatural about anything happening yeah true there's just different there's almost different kinds of slashers Mm -hmm. but there's things that are very clearly not a slasher yes like is psycho a slasher Technically, I think technically speaking, I think it is. Yeah. It doesn't fit the role of a slasher. Mm -mm. I mean, and and we can also look at Psycho as sort of the outline, the foundation. You know, we wouldn't have any of these other movies without Psycho. And so maybe it was like, the original slasher in the same way Frankenstein was the original science fiction mm-hmm. and it it's changed a lot but it goes back to like some of the key points that were made there it is kind of like if you look at like the first of a company's mascot like if you look at the first Ronald McDonald you're like that is weird af that's not ronald mcdonald yeah 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 it's like that totally totally how what a phenomenon oh i was just gonna say and then there's a difference because okay here's the tea i was just having this conversation slasher movies are my some of my favorite kinds of movies i find them exciting but they don't like scare the shit out of me in the way some movies do we've already talked about like how demon movies are the one thing that I can't really do but the one thing I really can't do is torture porn there's something about the kills right like there's something about the kills in slasher movies that are like it's it's over and done with like they're being terrorized while they're being chased but then they're killed and it's done and the kills can be like really cool like when um Rose McGowan is sucked up into the garage door Mm -hmm. but like saw texas chainsaw um wrong turn movies i can't watch like literally like i hate them like anything like that i also wouldn't call a slasher it's a little different i totally agree except for texas chainsaw texas chainsaw i think should probably count as a slasher the new ones I would say are iffy, although the one new one is like pretty good. Um, but like the oh the the original. Right. The original shouldn't be counted. Is really good. Porn, I mean. Right. Um have but you yeah, seen totally the, agree. F torture porn. You've seen the wrong turn movies. No. That shit's so fucked. Like, I don't know why anybody would want to watch that. Like, if that's your favorite horror movie, you're a fucking freak. <laughs> Let us know. Let us know. Um, even like House of Wax, but House of Wax, at least the concept is really cool. 
Right, there's more going on there. Like, I watched Saw, and I'm like, what's... What's happening? You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, where... Where's my... Where's my... Horror movies like that, and horror movies like slasher movies, they kind of have to have a backstory to make the front story worth it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, in Scream the the backstory in the original scream is i mean we don't know what the f is going on with Stu. like it's just wild but uh <laughs> with billy it's like sydney's mom and his dad were hooking up and that's what made his mom leave you know what i mean like there's a good backstory we're like oh i get some tea i get some gossip right but like i don't know you don't get you don't get nothing in the the saw movies or anything like that i'm like also, why is he ride a tricycle? Why is he ride a tricycle? It's just like in like, why in Wrong Turn are they inbred hillbillies? Like, it also just feels fucked up, like, to make like these like physically and mentally disabled like Appalachian people into like torturous killers. Like, girl. Right. I feel like that's a you problem. <laughs> right, right. Like, wh- why are you creating this content? Mm-hmm. And I think that's why at first I was like, oh, Texas Chainsaw. But no, you're right. Like, Texas Chainsaw is different. Like, it is a more of a slasher. It is more of that classic, good cinema. Yeah. Um. Would you, You've seen X? No. Oh! <gasps> You need to watch X. X is a slasher. I don't think, though, that Pearl is a slasher, which is kind of fun. That that came out two years ago or last year? X came out last year and Pearl came out this year. This year, right. Also, I still haven't watched Bodies, 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 which I think is slasher, too, which I... Is it out already? Yeah. Jesus, I'm behind. And that one is teenagers. X is like young people, like they're like in their like twenties. But bodies, bodies, bodies is teens. So days. It has that teen aspect to it. I have to get on that. Yes. Um, Shliza. Yeah. What book did you read? I read "There's Someone Inside Your House" by Stephanie Perkins, which is a young adult slasher novel Ooh. were there sex in it yes there was Ooh. lots of sex and swearing actually for a young adult novel i thought that was kind of fun yeah i like that like none of the sex was like shown which is no. like good for the best let um, the kids live let the kids live but like there was sex and there, there was the c word there was lots of the f word Ooh. Lots of the B word. I was like, okay, bitch, go off. We tossing it in there. It also was turned into a Netflix film, which I'm kind of interested in seeing what the movie is like. So I may end up watching that. That's interesting. Yeah. A bit. Yeah. Although I'm not like big on Netflix. Right. Yeah, I never browse through Netflix. Just not We're- happening. Yeah. Um, I read a book called In the Miso Soup by Ryu Murakami, but not our Murakami. No. Not not related. Different Murakami. Um, and it is a small little book. 
that you could probably read in a couple days. It's only 213 pages, I think, to 17. Um, and I saw it, and I was like, this looks interesting and fun. And also, the back cover is, like, sit, is like laid out differently, which I thought was really, really cool. And so, yeah, here we are. Here we are. Um, yeah, so I read There's Someone Inside Your House by Stephanie Perkins. And I had this book because I actually gave it to my sister as a gift. Um, and I don't think she actually got around to reading it yet. Um, but I was like, I actually really want to read that because it feels perfect for this episode. And I really enjoyed it. I thought it was really fun. Um, I've been enjoying YA books this year as like a little like every so often picking up a little YA book. I think it's so much fun. I've actually read a lot of good YA books this year. Um, so this was another fun one to add to the list. And I think this was a really good example of slasher and a really good example of slasher fake book like I can see it being translated well into a movie but it was like I said I mostly watch slasher movies I don't know if I've even ever read a slasher book so it was like really cool to see okay this is what we do when we have 300 pages to develop a slasher story instead of an hour and, and 45 minutes of a of a movie so that was really cool my favorite parts of this book were how much it did resemble that classic slasher setup, I guess. So the book opens with the perspective of this one character named Hallie. And because of the way YA is, I was pretty much... I had forgotten, I hadn't really read the back of this book or I hadn't read it in a while. So I had forgotten any of the characters' names. So I pretty much thought, okay, this is our main character. This is Hallie's who we're going to be with for this whole book. Not the case. Hallie's actually the first kill. So you get the first kill in the first chapter and she's almost like the Drew Barrymore of There's Someone Inside, the Drew Barrymore of Scream for there's someone inside your house. And I just thought that was really cool. Um, and the kill was very um, clever and it set the scene really well. This book takes place in Omaha. So there was like a lot of like cornfield imagery. It was very cool. And then of course it jumps right into the actual perspective, which is gonna be from this girl Makani. The other thing that was really cool about this book that I appreciated was that it was from the third person perspective. And I think this was really intentional because while so many YA books are from the first person, which is fine. I think sometimes it works really well for YA and I think sometimes it is cheesy. But this with the third person, I thought worked great because like Marissa said, you have this one character that you're following for the whole book or the whole, the whole story. Um, and for this, it was Makani. Um, but like, if you think about it, like when, when Scream, it's Sydney, right? But Sydney's not there for all the kills. She can't be, she's the final girl. So it's like how in a movie, 
that's fine because they're even if you have a main character in a movie it's from nobody's perspective but in a book unless you're doing third person it does have to be from a perspective and i think it was really clever of 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 perkins to keep the third person even though it was a ya book so that we could see all the other kills occur that's sort of my initial thoughts on it basically to give just an overall summary it takes place in omaha at a high school there's this girl makani who has just moved there in the last year to live with her grandma she's from hawaii she has a dark past in hawaii that you're sort of trying to unfold for the entire book she has um two best friends and and it's sort of weird but then you know, starts budging, bludgeoning, what's the word? Not bludgeoning, burgeoning relationship with this emo kid, Ollie, whose brother is a cop. And basically the, the whole background of it is that there's a killer on the loose who's killing fellow students. So he kills the head of the theater, like the most popular girl in the theater department, the most popular boy on the football team, and then he kills this random nerd. And then he tries to kill Makani. And so that's basically what you need to know. And and you're sort of trying to figure out who it is. The other cool thing about this book is you figure out who the killer is, or you think you know who the killer is, literally halfway through the book. So that means you still have another 50% of the book for shit to hit the fan. And I think that's so fun because I feel like you usually don't figure out who the killer is in the slasher movie. Either you know the whole time or that masking aspect to it that Marissa was talking about. You don't figure it out to the last like 10 minutes of 20 minutes, 10 minutes of the film, because really you don't want it to drag on long after. So once I figured out who the once they told us who the killer was in this, I was like, interesting that there's 150 pages left. But Everything is not as it seems in the words of Alex Russo. I also will say, I think it's really cool that the, I'm doing air quotes. You can't see me. I'm doing air quotes around final girl. Um, No spoilers, but the final girl is half black, half native Hawaiian. And I think that's really cool because so often we see white final girls and I'm sick of that. So I was glad to see a final girl of color. That being said, the whole time I was under the impression that Stephanie Perkins was probably of color. Um, she's white. So even though I really like this book, just fair warning, this is not an own voices book. And she does talk a little bit about race. So just something to keep in mind. Um, I think white writers should always be writing diverse characters, but when they're trying to tackle race and their main character is not their race, I think it can get a little bit like sticky. Um, So just know that. I thought this was an own voices book. It's not, but it is still cool to have a black indigenous final girl that's like really awesome and I wish we could see more of that coming from actual black and indigenous um authors in the future um something to keep in mind just a little just a little bit of a a side note there but let me pull up my rating scale okay for readability and interest I would give this book a 8.5 to a 9 
there's something just like I said, like there's something so refreshing about reading a YA book because it's just like so fun. Like there's not that much, like, I don't mean this in a bad way at all. I mean, this in a good way. There's not that much thought involved. You literally just get to have a good time. Like it's like watching a movie, but you're reading a book, um, which I think is perfect for the slasher genre specifically um this book is very fast paced lots of twists and turns and so yeah i'm gonna go i'm gonna give an 8.5 i thought it was really fun uh a quick easy read only gonna take you a few days you're gonna keep thinking about it honestly because you're like who what is going on and you're trying to figure out what's tea we love to investigate while we're reading so that's that on that for writing i did give this book a seven I actually really liked her writing. Not to harp on the YA thing, but it did have that sort of like YA style to it, but it was not without really stunning imagery at times. Like I said, specifically the um, imagery of like the setting of this place was really cool. so much imagery around like decaying corn and like colorless landscape and you could just really see everything really well that one of the kills occurs in the gym locker room and it's like all dark and and wet and like it was just described so well and it was I keep wanting to reference it being cinematic when I'm when I'm thinking about this book So I did enjoy the writing for form. I'm also going to give this like a, I'm going to, I gave this like a six. Like I said, I think it was a really good choice for it to be third person because I really, really, really appreciated not having to stick with the main character because I think that would do a disservice to the slasher genre. So I think that was super intentional. I did think that her exposition was really well done. I think it was like the perfect amount of, okay, here's what you need to know, but I'm not going to tell you literally anything else. You're going to have to figure that out as you keep reading. That's why it's getting a six. It was, it was, it was good, but it wasn't doing anything crazy. For shelf worthiness, um, I would give this book also like a, like a six. We've talked about this in the past. I, there's something about mysteries that you don't really need to read them more than once especially if the main point is the mystery really and not like the writing or anything like that because it's like you already know what's gonna happen but I do think this book was really fun and like I would this would definitely be like a recommendation of mine for somebody that's like looking for like a fun fast-paced horror like I'd be like I do I have the book for you um so I do think it's a one-time read but I definitely think it's worth reading um but for sure it's one that you could just get from the library and like pick up and have a good time with it for a week until you have to return it for the plot I gave this a eight I thought the plot was really good. I never really knew what was coming, which I think is super important for slasher. I think slasher movies, that feels like it should be another detail we should add to slasher, that the you, who you think the killer is changes very often. Because obviously, again, that's not the case with like some of the old, a lot of the older slasher, like, like think about it, like Friday the 13th, right? You don't know who it is in the first movie. 
you're like, it could be any one of these motherfuckers. But then by the time the franchise goes on, you know who it is. So this rule doesn't always apply. But like my favorite thing about the Scream movies is that like you think it's a different person every 10 minutes. You're like, oh, it's this person. Oh, it's this person. Oh, it's this. Like, and I love that. I think that's so fun. And this book definitely had that quality to it. And like I said, when you think you find out who the killer is halfway through the book, you're like, well, that's random. Like, that's weird. And it makes you, that twist, I think, helps the plot and makes you want to keep being like, what's going on? For characterization, I would also give this book a seven. I, there's something about YA characters that's just really like, even when they say cringe stuff, like it is just really relatable. It's homey, it's nostalgic, it's nice. And I think there's a lot to be said about how YA writers delve into their characters in a way that's really different than adult writers delve into, do, do characterization. Because I don't know if it's because I don't know what it is. There's something about giving a full picture of the characters that YA authors do that I think it's not that adult authors forget to do it, but it's that they don't need to do it sometimes. They they do they go about characterization a different way and I I'm still trying to figure out how how it's different, but it is. There's something we and we've talked about this before. There's something that feels very different about hanging out with a cast of young adult characters versus hanging out with a adult uh, adult narrator or adult main character. And oftentimes, when we compliment the characterization of a cast, we we compare it to YA. We're like, I connected with these characters so much. It felt like when I used to read like YA books. Like I remember thinking that when I read like, I don't know, The Inheritance of Orchidia Divina, where I was like, every character was so fun. Like, oh, it felt like when I get used to get really emotionally attached to characters when I was a teenager. This obviously didn't have that much, that same sort of vibe to it because it is like a horror book. Um, but it had that quality that I'm still trying to pinpoint and like, I want to speak on this more another time, maybe after I figure it out about what it really is the difference between the type of characterization that happens in YA versus adults. What should I think about? But yeah, that's my slasher. There's someone inside your house. Very, very fun. Very, very fresh. We love it. Yay. Yay. I also just love that they're, like that book is a slasher for YAs. Mm-hmm. Like not obviously not exclusively, but um I don't know. Like I think of the one slasher book that I can think of that came to mind is the Final Girl Support Group. Yeah. By Mr. Grady Hendrix. And um why is that not considered like that should be something that we encourage for young adults right All there's like no are. reason right there's no reason it shouldn't be interesting so like what makes him special grady right <clears throat> yeah 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 we we love that and there's much to think about which you gave me something that made me think about my book um and it being a slasher and yeah how long was that 
your book? It was about, let's see, 290 pages. What would it look like to have a series of slasher books? Just food for thought. I think that's kind of, I would not call The Butcher and the Wren slasher, but I have my theories that that's kind of going to be a horror series, which we Mm -hmm. don't really get that often. We don't get horror series. So maybe a slasher series would resemble whatever The Butcher and the Wren turns into. I hope so. That would be so nice. Alayda, Alayda, if you're listening. Alayda. Um, gotta do it, please. Please, please. <laughs> so yeah, so um, I read in the miso soup, and I after reading this, I don't know if I would consider it a slasher book. Pretty much, our main character is a um a tour guide for. Americans who are um, coming to Japan and want to tour sex clubs and get prostitutes and, you know, just just explore the, the sex work in industry in Japan. Cool, cool, cool. Um, and in Japan at this time, there is a serial killer going around and killing looks to me like young teens um and so our main character kenji he meets this american guy named frank and he's taking him around paying good money all that fun stuff and um he starts to suspect that he is the killer and he doesn't have any real proof just like a lot of paranoia so the first like 130 pages of this book is all just him taking this guy around and like suspecting him to be this killer but again no proof um and then lots of things happen and killings happen and my whole thing with this book is at first I was like wow this is like a really interesting meditation on sex work in Japan and also and also like cultural differences between America and Japan and how that all works but as it progressed I was like is this violence for violence sake is this just like violence against women and like specifically sexual violence towards sex worker women I don't know. Um, And I also don't know if this is a slasher because you are with this killer pretty much the whole time and you get to know them without masks and like weird stuff like that. So I'm like, "Uh, uh, I don't know. And oh, where did I put my my phone so I can read my my list of notes? Um, <clears throat> yeah, so I have some feelings about it. But let's get into the rating scale. So for readability or interest, I gave this a seven. Um, it is fairly short, so it's a quick read. I will say, annoying. I will say the font is a little small, and it. And the margins on the page are a little bit close. 
So you're getting a lot of words per page, but um, it still was a quick read. You could probably read it in a couple days if you actually put work into it. And the content, although it, it is like, this could just be me because I'm, I mean, like, I know a lot of women are like very sensitive with sexual violence. And so like, I would put the level of violence that this book has, it made me feel almost the same way as Tender is the Flesh, which Tender is the Flesh made me sick. That book made me so like my stomach. I, I remember I was like, am I actually sick or is this book just making me so nauseous? I couldn't tell. Um, this book was close to making me feel like that. Definitely felt icky, just not, you know, not a pleasant reading experience, but like I'm not upset that I read the book or anything. For language and style, I gave it a seven. Um, the writing's super clean. Um, the descriptions are more specific. Like he usually doesn't walk outside and start describing the outside. Um, it's usually like, this is what this specific hotel looked like or something like that. Um, so it's pretty straightforward. It's pretty to the point with that. And you're pretty much following this one character. You're in the point of view of one character the entire time and kind of like witnessing everything, which I enjoy for this kind of book simply because it's easier to be... A reader is often like, which it shouldn't always be like this, but often a spectator, kind of like watching all of these things happen. And therefore, when you have a character who is also just observing and watching everything happen and just through their point of view, it makes it feel more like you're in the book. Um, so that was a really good choice, really smart. For form, um, okay, so I'm not really going to rate form because there wasn't really form. But what I will say is this book is split up into, I think it's only two sections. Um, no, no chapter breaks, occasional, it's okay, it's three sections, no chapter breaks, occasional page breaks, but like, not really. <clears throat> and that kind of makes it hard to read, but also you just kind of keep going. But I didn't write form because there's nothing like super experimental happening. For show for the slash read again, I give this a 6.5. I would probably not read this book again, but I am going to keep it on my shelf. Truthfully, see no reason to read this book again. Especially like with how violent it was. I'm kind of like, I don't know why someone would want to experience that again, but whatever. Um... But like I said, I am going to keep it on my shelf. I think that you could probably get away with getting it from the library just fine. I, I Yeah, I don't think there would be any problem with that. You don't, I don't think you need to buy it. Um, for plot, I gave it a six. Again, I liked the beginning of it. I liked the paranoia, but I was so weird about all the violence in it. 
and and also just the point that like even though you're getting you know that one character's view and you're just experiencing it all through them with them you aren't like that is a that's a male character and how does that feel to experience violence against women through a man observing it it is i don't know it's disturbing it's just a little bit it's just a little bit strange and like again I read the back of the book. I knew what the book was about when I picked it out. Um, and I didn't, like, I don't have a problem with a book about sex work. I don't have a problem with, you know, most slashers, like, women get very annihilated in slashers. I totally get it. Cool, cool, cool. But there's just something about, there's something about the specific violence that was in this book that I'm like, Again, it it borders on what Liza was talking about with Saw. It borders on torture porn, which is just not my favorite. And I don't understand. I don't I don't understand the specifics. Like why they have to. I don't understand that. I don't understand why it has to be that way. But um, not my book. I didn't write it. So not my circus, not my monkeys. Um, with characterization, I gave it a seven. Despite it being heavily male-dominated in this book, I feel like I feel like the author did a really good job of capturing like human shock. And there are a lot of things that I totally was like, Like, I feel like you would watch it in a movie and be like, why would he do that? That's ridiculous. Like, obviously, I would do this. But, like, no. When you experience something, you're going to go into deep shock. And the way that the author made these almost, like, really odd responses to things make sense because of shock was... I liked it. It was interesting. Um... And also the way that the murderer is is like the way that he can come off as charming but be super also grotesque was lovely and I really liked that. But yeah, that's pretty much how I felt about this book. I still don't really know I feel like this is a book that I'm going to have to sit on for a while before I really decide how I feel about it. And that's mainly because I'm still in the ick of it. And I'm still like, ew, I feel... I feel gross. And and poor, poor women. Women make me sad. Because we always get... Unfairness. And why? For what? ridiculous um let's tell the fucking people what happened basically y'all when we restarted the zoom i forgot to hit record zoom's fault we just had what would you say 15 minutes of conversation yeah about yeah i hate everything 
you had finished talking about the book though guys we are seasoned professionals our 50th episode no less and we've never done that before it took us 50 episodes to screw up like that we screwed up in other ways yeah we have um but yeah marissa you finished talking about the book in the last part we pretty much came to the conclusion that um, there is violence in the book that is silly, goofy violence, not, not, not good violence. Yes. Um, and Liza has been eyeing the book for a while. She's decided after I spilled some tea about this particular part in the book that she's not going to get it because it's icky. It's icky. We um, we had a little man hating conversation. Mm-hmm which is nothing you guys haven't heard before. Mm-hmm. Um, but you'll never get to hear it now. So it's, it's, it's into the void. It's in the void. Oh, damn. Well, hey. It is what it is. It is what it is. <laughs> um, and we did announce what we're doing next. What we're, our special episode coming out on Halloween mm-hmm. is a creature feature, mm-hmm. and I'm reading *The Dark Harvest* by Norman Partridge, which we found out is not yet out as a screen adaptation, but will be soon, hopefully. And I read um, *The Hellbound Heart* by Clive Barker, which is the inspiration for Hellraiser. And they also just came out with the new Hellraiser show on Hulu, I think. So go watch it right now. Go watch it. So and you can be prepared for my episode. You'll be prepared and we'll talk creature feature and we'll have a spooky, jolly good time and you can listen to it while you're getting into your Halloween costume on Monday. What's everyone being? Ready, set, say it right now. Go. Pamela Anderson. Is that really what you're being? Yeah, I'm going to be paying. I'm, I'm very excited about that. You're going to look so good. Did you guys decide whether you're being Beetlejuice and Lydia or Beetlejuice and Miss Argentina? I'm going to be Miss Argentina. Yes! <laughs> I love it. Dang. Marissa, there's this line in Beetlejuice. That's one of my favorite lines in the whole movie, and it reminds me of you. And it's like when he's like, I've seen The Exorcist 167 times, and it keeps getting funnier every single time I see it. So true, though. This reminds me of you for some reason. Uh, Fun fact, my sister is, like, petrified of The Exorcist to the point where she cried the day before her 13th birthday because she was terrified to turn 13 because she thought that she would be possessed. Yeah. Um, and also we've tried to watch it. I mean, okay. My dad let us watch The Exorcist when I was five and she was seven. So she has some issues about it. Sure. And, um, we tried to watch it again when I was literally like 15. So this, this girl was 17 years old and could not watch The Exorcist. I put it on. Nothing scary happened. The very beginning she runs to the bathroom and pukes because she's so scared. Oh my god. Literally traumatizing. She can't even like think of it or she will have a freak out. It so is really it's scary. I I mean, hey, that's one place where me and Michaela might have overlapping thoughts. I think it's really fucking scary. It doesn't 
I don't know. It doesn't scare me. It's so, I don't know why. It just really, I don't, ooh, spooky, spooky, spooky. But lately when I think about it, it's been not scaring me, but more disturbing me only because of the conversation that we had like two weeks ago about why, why young women when they're possessed have to act out in sexual ways. Interesting. Same. Same. It's been freaking me out more in that sense, but also freaking me out less since we looked at it, since I looked at it through, it came from the closet and mm. it made queer text. So many ways to think about a thing. I can't believe we had a whole convo and didn't fucking record it. <laughs> we just had a silly goofy mood today. It's because we're recording in the morning. We don't do that. I know, and I got too excited to ask you about, I asked you a question, and I was like, let me ask the question, and then I didn't even hit record, because I'm silly goofy. It. It's okay. Um, that's on that. That's that on that. That's all they wrote. And we'll see you on Halloween. We'll see you on Halloween with our creature friends. Bye. Bye.